Hello everyone, my name is Garrett Lamb, and this is Young Fundamentalist, helping to build up Christians through convicting and inspiring thoughts from God's Word, striving together to improve our love for God and our love for others. Turn your Bibles to Colossians 3, chapter number 3, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. Today I'm super excited and I'm super pumped to have my good friend, Dalton Dickerson, he's from Shelbyville, Tennessee, and uh, came up for college at Howes Anderson. We were roommates for two years, and uh, he's just been a great friend to me, and super happy to have him on the podcast. So thanks for being here, Dalton. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm so glad you asked me to uh, hop on here with you. Um, yeah. I definitely love your podcast and uh, listen to it often. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, so we met the beginning, I think it was the first or second night. Um, of, of college right was it the yep. first or second yeah yeah it was first had, night. yeah they had open gym um all these guys were down there playing basketball and then some volleyball going and dalton walked in and i was standing there i was a brand new freshman and we we're both there starting a freshman year and you walked up and just started talking and you know it wasn't crazy conversation but then i yeah. went back to my room later that night and told my other friend that was from my church I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure me and Dalton are going to be like best friends. So yeah. called it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's definitely crazy how, how you did that. But uh, we definitely got closer through the years and got got on the same job. And yeah, it's yeah. been great. Yeah, I have crazy stories from the dorms and bus routes and all sorts of stuff that we could talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we don't have time for all that. So um, just to get the audience to get to know you a little bit better, um, Let's, uh, let's hear your salvation testimony, how you came to know the Lord as your Savior, um, where you were, who led you to the Lord, and, and just your experience with that. Okay, great. Well, my salvation testimony uh, was in 2009. I was 10 years old. Um, I was at Victory Baptist Church, and our pastor at the time was preaching on hell. And I had been struggling with uh, my salvation you know, recently at that time, and just a little bit of doubt, and I really needed to get settled down. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, our pastor preached on hell, and after the service, I went up to my youth pastor and explained to him what was going on, and I needed some help with that and some guidance. He took me into his office, and uh, we sat there, and he opened up the Bible, and he showed me some scriptures, and he showed me how I could t- how I could accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, and uh, mm-hmm. there I did, and I uh, got saved, and now I know 100% sure I'm going to heaven, and it's the best day of my life, so... Great, man. That's awesome. That's a great testimony. Did you struggle with it at all? I know you're at a, sort of a young age, only nine, um, but did you struggle with it at all in weeks prior, or it was just that message that you really um, felt like you needed to know the Lord? I believe it was weeks prior. I, I had had some some doubts, and I, I talked to my parents, and I talked to some other people and prayed about it, and I just knew I needed to get settled. Um, but Bro Lloyd, my youth pastor, really helped me with that. Yeah. Yeah, for those, I, I don't know who's listening to the podcast, but um, maybe you're not saved and you don't know that you're going to heaven when you die. And that is the most important thing that you could know, is that you know that you're on your way to heaven. And a doll at nine years old realized that he had not come to know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And I was 10 years old when I came to the same acknowledgement. And you have to believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead and believe that you're a sinner and and uh, you have to accept Jesus Christ alone as your personal Savior. And, and that's the greatest thing you can ever do in your life. And as Dalton said, there's there's nothing better. There's nothing better than that. And uh, you also were, were called to preach at 11 years old, correct? 
and uh, and what what kind of played into that was was it a, a sermon or you just felt the call of god or or how did you go about once you were called did you have meetings with uh, your youth pastor kind of tell us about that yeah great great question so uh yeah I, I had recently i got saved um still attended church um i had surrendered my life to the lord at that point to do whatever he wanted me to do um, but at the age of 11 i went to a youth camp and there at a uh a night service at our youth camp i um was under the uh, uh i was under a conviction and uh, i wanted to get right with the lord and i wanted to mm-hmm. do what he wanted me to do and I didn't want to be selfish. And I knew there was something he'd been tugging on my heart to do. And that was to accept the call to preach. And so at that service, I accepted the call to preach and to do whatever God wanted me to do with, uh, in, in, in his will. And that is preaching. And so, yeah, I, I, there was a couple other guys with me who accepted the call. And I just remember coming back from the youth camp and I told my uh, parents and of course my youth pastor found out, yeah, I met with him. And, you know, the first week back after uh, accepting the call to preach, he uh, helped me set up a sermon and I got to preach and it was definitely uh, terrifying for the first sermon, but (laughs) ever since then, um, you know, I've had opportunities and God has really worked in my life and allowed me to, uh, to preach. And that's, that's my calling. You know, I know he wants me in full-time ministry preaching and uh, Mm -hmm. whatever he has for me, I'm excited to do. Amen. That's great. And uh, there's, there's nothing like the call to preach and there's, there's many that are called if you were chosen uh, as the Bible says, but, Man, there's just it's an awesome privilege. And like you said, you're you're nervous the first time that you, you sit up and preached. And I think everybody has those nerves. And even to this day, you know, when I stand up to preach, when you really think about what that calling is, it's just an, an amazing calling, you know, that God would choose you, not that you're better than anybody else or not that uh, you're, you know, higher than anyone, but that God chose you to be able to to stand up in a pulpit and, and to lead people and uh, all towards Christ. And so, man, that, that's just, that's the, one of the best, one of the best feelings is when you're able to help somebody through a sermon, um, through doing ministry and just that call. And uh, that's great. And, and many of us, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't going to stand up and be preachers. They're not going to stand up behind a pulpit. They'll never preach a sermon, but we're all called to be full-time Christians. And uh, we might not get a paycheck or, or that might not be our living is to preach or to work in a church, but anybody who's listening, um, that, that is our job is to, is to be a full-time Christian. And that is giving the gospel out. And that is, you know, being a good testimony, whether that be at your work or school or, or at your home, um, for your kids or for your siblings. And so that's great. Call to preach is, it's an amazing thing. And, uh, so let's, let's kind of figure out who Dalton was as a kid. Um, uh, you, you grew up sort of a split home and then uh, remarried and had step parents and, and all of that. Um, how, what were some challenges that you think were there coming from a split home? And, and also what are some opportunities that you think um, you were able to get because you are in a split home? Um, people, your mom and dad living in two different places. What Just what is, what is some things that, you believed helped you and what were some challenges that you had to get over? Well, I think some, some things that helped me um, from coming from that background. Um, so I definitely got to see um, the home in two different ways. Of course, my mom, you know, I love her to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, she remarried when I was six years old. And so I had my father who moved to Oklahoma and, you know, every, every boy wants to please his father, but 
at the time, my dad, um, you know, he wasn't living the best life and he was in, in doing some things that I wouldn't agree with. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, so anytime I went to go travel to visit him, you know, you have that longing to, uh, to have your dad to be super proud of you, but at the same time, you can't engage in what he's doing. So right. I guess uh, the, the things that I learned from that is just seeing two different lifestyles. I saw one lifestyle at home or grew up mm-hmm. with my mom and my brothers and sisters where we went to church and there was love. And yes, my dad did love me, but when I went to go visit him, I saw sin and I saw what sin did. And I got to mm-hmm. see that in a different way um, when it comes to alcohol or, or, or something else and just see how the, the effects of sin play on a person. Yeah. And not just my, my father, but the, the other family members out in Oklahoma. Um, I love all of them, but you know, you see how sin really affects them. And I, I, you know, I see that and that was a great help for me. You know, when I think mm-hmm. of getting tempted in a certain area, I can just immediately think to what I saw as a child and just saw how that, that destroyed lives. Um, right. So that definitely helped me. Um, a challenge, you know, is wanting to do uh, anything to make your parents happy and, and you should, but, uh, but if it goes against the Bible and it goes against what, what you know uh, the Lord wouldn't want you to do. You just got to really decide that, hey, you know, I, I love this person. You know, maybe there's someone out here listening and there's someone in your life that you love, but you can't participate in some things they do. And you really have to stand strong. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a struggle. And it's going to be a struggle to, yeah. uh, to say no to certain things, even though you want to make someone happy. And I think that's some things yeah. I, that, that I learned and also some struggles and just learning that um, I'm the son of God and um, that should come first in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, as we get ready to jump into the passage that we have, you know, I I would think that the word of God became something that was very important to you um, as a kid going through some of those struggles. And you had to make a decision at some point to where you were going to follow God and and follow what Jesus says in the commandments of the Bible instead of following your parents, which is a difficult spot to be in. You know, I've never been in that spot, but I can only imagine, you know, you love your parents but you can't participate in everything that they're doing. And so talk about uh, what, what the Bible means to you and what, what it meant to you when you were in high school. And then also as you've um, gone through college and now that you're married, um, how important the word of God is to you? Yes, great. The word of God is, um, and when you asked me that question, I just thought immediately, uh, Psalms 119, 105, you may know it, uh, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. You know, yeah. the word of God is just, uh, it's, good. it's guidance. Um, it's our, not only is it a love book from God to us, and it's not only is it God's word, but it's my guidance throughout my day and throughout my life. You know, mm-hmm. there are many people uh, in the world that doesn't have a Bible that profess to be Christians. And that must be a real uh, struggle um, because every day I can open up God's word and it can show me what I need to do with my life. It can show me the things I need to do and the things I don't need to do. And especially growing up, uh, making decisions, uh, choosing a college to attend, you know, choosing a, a life partner, my wife. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think just uh, there's many times I was overwhelmed. And I could just go to the Bible. And as the Bible says, a word, the, the word is a lamp into my feet. You know, it would guide me mm-hmm. and show me the things I needed to do. And yeah. I, I just think about, um, you know, if you were to walk outside in the middle of the dark and, you're, and there was no uh, street lamps or there was no light outside, you need something to guide you. And that's what the word of God is to me. You know, we're in a dark world and we Good. need the Bible to guide us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely need God's word. God's word is is the most important template that we have. I mean, it shows exactly how we can live our lives. And, and let's jump into the passage that we're going to talk about, Colossians chapter number three. 
verse starting in verse number one, and we'll read down to verse number four. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. And this, this book of Colossians is written to the church at Colossae. Um, it's written by Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. And uh, he's writing this from prison. And uh, he's writing this from a place where, you know, he, he just, he doesn't have anywhere else to turn. He's just trying to help others in, in what he's doing in writing this letter. And all throughout the book of Colossians, you see, or at least I see Jesus Christ's name show up so many times. It seems like every, almost every other verse you look and Jesus Christ shows up. And that's really what we're talking about in this, in this short little passage of these four verses is, is Jesus Christ and uh, the importance of, of who he is and what he is. And, you know, we, we look through the chapters and, and we can see in chapter two, it tells us that we should be, we should be built up and rooted and grounded in truth and, and uh, that Christ, we need to be built up in him and rooted in him. And it also says in chapter two to walk in him. Um, you know, it tells us that we can be complete in verse number 10. We can be complete in him. And then it also says in, in verse 20, wherefore ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world. Why? As uh, though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? And it says we can, you know, we've, we've been building up. We've been rooted in him. We've been walking in him. We're complete in him. We, we die to ourselves in him. And then in chapter number three, it almost takes, it takes kind of a, a change, a shift in gears. And it says, if ye then be risen with Christ. So it goes from being dead to being risen. And, you know, Dalton, I'm so glad that we have a savior that is risen, is risen. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many, there's so many religions that their God is just someone that they, they pray to a, an idol or a statue that they worship and they pray to that. And that that's their God. And he's dead. He, he never rose from the dead. And just to think how glad that we can be that we serve a risen savior, that somebody who conquered death can conquer our eternal death that we would have to suffer in hell and he can give us eternal life and that we just have to, we have to seek after things that are above and not on things of the earth. And I'm just so glad that we serve a risen savior. Amen. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Just, uh, this is a great passage of scripture that you've chosen to, uh, to pick out for the podcast today. Um, yeah, the risen with Christ. Uh, you know, I'm so happy that God, uh, Jesus rose from, rose from the dead. You know, if he didn't rise from the dead, then, you know, there'd be no point of, christianity we would we would have a a fallen savior but we know that he has risen he's risen for the dead and that it also says he sitteth on the right hand of god and just that we know that we can put full trust in him and also Mm -hmm. we can seek the things he says which are above you know when i read that i just thought man you know what am i seeking you know is it is it things above or is it things all around me right now you know i just sat down i had to think about you know, what, what are things that should be seeking that are from above? And you know, that's holiness and it's peace. And that's, um, you know, praising God and worshiping him. Cause that's, what's, that's yeah. what we're going to be doing in heaven. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and many times as a Christian, or even if you're not saved and, and you don't know Christ is your savior and you're listening to this, we seek for, for men's approval. 
you know, we, we think that we have to be somebody or live a certain lifestyle or we have to have certain things. We have to have money. We have to have all these things in place for us to be a successful person. But really our, our main, our main goal here on earth is to glorify God. And then also to, to go win, baptize and, and teach, you know, and, and bring people with us to heaven. And, and that's what it, it's saying really is that you have to set your affection on verse number two. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. And there's so many things that we value on earth that really in eternity don't really matter. We value so many things that, that are just very temporal. And we don't look at the eternal aspect in what we're doing. And even for those that are listening that you do, you have ministries on the weekend, you work on a bus route, you, you go door knocking and you try to win people to Christ. You try to be a witness. And so many times we do those things, but yet we still do them with an earthly mindset. And we're, we're only doing it for the approval of men or the whole time we've been out or in the ministry that we're doing, where we're doing a work for God, but we're not doing it with God. And, and God hasn't been thought about. And, you know, that's something that I really think about and I try to do. And I'm not always perfect, but I try to do that when I'm trying to work in ministry is that we get so caught up in how many people we had come to church or how many souls did you see saved or how many people did you see baptized, you know, all these different things. And those are all very important. And, and I don't want to minimize those. Those are, those are great things. But our whole purpose is to set our affection on things above. And at the end of the day, if we can look at what we've done and we've given it our all, and we can say, you know, I think God was pleased. That's really what we were aiming for. And when we set our affection on things above, we're not worried about our own, our own pride and, and our own, our selfishness. You know, we get very selfish in that, man, you know, my friend, he got the witness to somebody and he got saved, but I didn't get to. Well, you played just as much a part in that by praying and, and doing the work. He just was able to be that messenger. And so, you know, I, I think many times we have to set our affection on things above and, and we just really think about temporal and, and, and things in the here and now and don't look towards the future. Amen. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. And when I, when I read that, you know, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. You know, I thought about set, you know, setting your affection. You know, that has to be a decision. You know, you can't, it just doesn't come natural for every Christian to naturally set your affection on things above. That's something you got to work on. You know, that's like an exercise of the mind, you know, is to is tell yourself, man, I'm going to focus on things that are eternal, not that things are temporal. And right. I think every person needs to just sit there, uh, you know, open up their Bible and sit there and think, wow, you know, is what I'm doing today 200 years from now, is this going to matter? You know, if we spend every day uh, just for ourselves, and there are things that are important that we need to do that's not going to have an eternal impact, but for the most part, many things we do, we, we, we think with our mind and many things that we dwell on, in 200, 300 mm -hmm. years, we're going to be eternity with the Lord and they're not going to matter. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Just as you related that to the ministry, but, you know, it's, I think it's a daily decision that, hey, I'm going to set my mm. affection on things above. You know, what I'm doing, you know, what I'm planning on doing today is not really going to have a difference. But if I plan on making a difference in the world eternally, you know, that's going to be witnessing. That's going to be praying for others, loving the brethren. You know, it's going to change our whole thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly what you said, you know, we we have so many things in our, our lives that, you know, they, they, they can be important. They can be important to what we do daily, 
or they can be a good tool to what we use, but we spend so much time with them and and we lose the fact you can take practical things, reading book and reading a book, you know, that that's, it's a great thing to do, but if that's all you do, you know, what, what are you really living for? You know, your, your cell phone entertainment, you know, activities that you do. There's so many things that you can do that are good things to do and, and they're great. You know, you can enjoy them. I think God gave them to us for a reason to enjoy life. It's not that we live a, a robotic life where everything is, you know, God, God put it in place and we have to do it. You know, he, he does give us things that we can enjoy, but when those, when those simple pleasures and, and simple things that we can do become something that become a priority in our life, I believe that's where we, we start to lose our focus and we start to lose what our purpose is in life. And it, and it doesn't matter, you know, for me to go out and, and play a basketball game, it doesn't matter 200 years from now what the result of that basketball game was. Sure, I, I had fun, but when that becomes my life, when that becomes something that I pursue after and I, I go after, you know, that, that just becomes, it becomes almost like your God, your little, your little idol that you have in your life. And so, you know, we have to set our affection on things above and, you know, setting your affection when you're affectionate about something, you, you long for it, you know, you love it. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what do we love? You know, many times I, I love the wrong things. I, I find myself thinking and, and doing things that aren't, aren't bad necessarily, but they've, they've almost controlled my life because that's all I think about. That's all I do. And, and man, just, that's just a very, very powerful verse there. In verse number three, it says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. And that just shows us, you know, when, when we, we have a risen Savior and we can set our affection on things above because when we've accepted Christ as our Savior, you know, when we've we put him in our hearts and, and that sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered, never going to change. You know, that word hide doesn't mean secrecy. You know, but it means security, mm -hmm. and God, God gives us that security in Christ that we know that we are on our way to heaven. And what we want to do is we want to take as many people with us that we can. And I, I just, I really, I'm really glad that we can be secure in Christ, and we don't have to wonder, we don't have to think about that. You know? Yeah. You know, when it says like, "For you are dead," you know, I, and your life is hid with Christ in God. I just think, you know. I, you know, I think about that, you know, we're alive in Christ, but we are dead when it comes to sin and we're dead to this world. Um, mm -hmm. Not in a negative way um, that we can go out into the world and bring people to church and invite them, but we are dead to the things of this world. And I think about Romans, Romans chapter six, and that's a good passage of scripture about uh, getting delivered mm -hmm. from sin. It talks about we are dead to sin because we're saved, yeah. you know, we're going to be dead to sin and we're not going to do the things we used to. Yes, we may, we yeah. may sin, we, we may mess up. But at the end of the day, we are alive with Christ and we are dead to sin. And that's something we need to constantly improve on. But, um, yeah. you know, in John chapter 14, verse 19, because I live, you shall live also. Uh, I know it's talking about the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, but, you know, we're alive with Christ. And, uh, you know, it's just something we need to think about. You know, we're, we're, not, we're dead to this world. We're dead to sin. And that's something that we don't need to be dwelling on. And we don't need to be uh, indulging ourselves in sin, but we need to instead uh, be living our life in Christ. Yeah. And later in the chapter, it talks about that and saying, mm -hmm. you know, put on the new man and, and to put off the old man, Yeah, you know, and, and if we had time to talk about that, we would, but there's, there's so much in this passage that you can talk about. And, you know, we have to put off that old man. And when we're, we're in Christ, we've, 
we're a new creature. You know, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And we have to put away those sins and we have to be dead to those things and, and be secure in what Christ can do with us. Not because we're somebody, but because of who he is. And, and, and that's in verse number four, it talks about who is, you know, Christ being our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. And, you know, something that I thought about is, is God's justified us. He sanctified us and we will be, he will be glorified. You know, we will be glorified one day in Christ. And man, just to think, if you just sit down and think, because many, many Christians, they don't, they don't think about everything that goes in to who God is. And if you think about it, it overwhelms you. I mean, you, you can't even, you can't even fathom how much, God has done for you, everything he's given to you and how much he loves you. And, and for doing that, you know, if somebody, if somebody did me a huge favor, you know, if somebody came to my door and gave me $5,000, that'd be great. If you want to donate Dalton, that'd be great. <laughs> but you know, if, if, if somebody did that, I would probably be talking about them the next day. You know, I would be telling people, man, this guy showed up my house and he gave me $5,000. Like, can you believe that he did that? And Christ, Christ gave his life, literally gave his life for me. And he gave everything so much more than $5,000. You know, he conquered death and hell for us. And, and we have an eternity in heaven and he gave his life for us. And yet we shy away from even talking about him or we're, we're ashamed of him. And man, Christ needs to be our life. He needs to be our whole purpose in what we do. He should center around everything that we do. And being a Christian is just that, being Christ-like. You know, we, we should want Christ to be our life. And, and you know, Dalton, what, what are some things that you could, you could tell everyone to make Christ your life? What are some things that you think you have to do and set in place, um, maybe on a daily basis that would help you you know, really think about God, really think about who he is. Yeah. I think one thing that, that really helps me um, when it comes to that is this every day when you wake up or a certain time of the day, find a time to be thankful for the Lord. He gave his mm -hmm. life for us. You know, he, yeah. he's, he's taking us to heaven with him and he daily blesses us and helps us throughout our day. And he gave, he gave us the Holy Spirit is to be thankful for that and thankful for the things he's given us uh, when it comes to earthly possessions, but also it comes to spiritual things and just to thank the Lord and say, God, thank you so much for giving me this. And oftentimes we run through a whole day and we don't think about the Lord. We're not thankful. And, you know, for someone that gave their life for us, you know, oftentimes we are disrespectful to the Lord in a way. And I know he's all loving. He's going to love us. He's going to take care of us. We are his sons. But, but at the same time, you know, if we're not thankful, you know, we live a life uh, being a selfish Christian, you know, and just hoarding everything God gives us and, and not giving anything back of, of any praise or worship. So I think that's one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think next thing is, is also is telling others, other people about Christ. You know, if you're always thinking about the Lord, if you're always uh, being thankful and praying, um, you're going to have God, God in your mind. You have Christ in your mind. And you're going to know how good he is to you. And you're going to want to share that mm -hmm. with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the yeah, two you, things that help me. Yeah. You, you definitely will. You'll, you'll have it on your mind. You know, you, you can't, when you're really dwelling on those things, you can't overlook it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's right there in front of your face when you're thinking about it, you know, thankfulness turns into thankfulness. When we think about the things that 
that God has done for us, when we, when we think on those things, you know, that turns into a thankful heart. You can't, you can't think about God and, and look at really what he did for us by sending his only son, Jesus, and giving us a, a word of God that we're able to follow. You know, you can't look at those things without being thankful. You know, you, you're very thankful for who he is and, and putting a, putting away all of your selfishness and pride and just focusing on who the person is of, of Jesus Christ and, and God and what he's given us, man, you, you just became, you become so much more thankful and you also want to do more for God. You want to do what God has set before us and you want to fulfill and be obedient into what he has given us and the job that he has for us. So man, just a great passage of scripture. And uh, we could talk about this for days. <laughs> I think that there's so much in this passage and I would challenge you that are at home and listening, you know, go, go through this chapter alone and you can see God gives us Jesus Christ who, who died and rose again. So he's conquered death and hell. He gives us a chance and, and an opportunity to put off our old man, our sins, our, our youthful lusts, or, you know, the things that we struggle with, all of the, all of the bad about us. He says, put off that old man and put on the new man, be in Christ, you know, and, and then he talks about that for a while. And then he also gives us practical things in our life that we can do, you know, between a husband and wife and children, obeying your parents. And, 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 and in this chapter, this is just an amazing chapter. And like I said, if we had the time, we would talk about the whole, whole chapter, but we don't, but I would challenge you at home to, to read this chapter. And it kind of sums up, you know, what the Christian life is. In Colossians 3, you know, Christ raising from the dead, putting off your old sins, becoming a new man, and then giving us some practical thoughts from God, how to live our life and treat one another. And that's really what it is. God's two great commandments of loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love thy neighbor as thyself. And so, man, man, just a great chapter. And, and Dalton, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and taking taking a little bit of time to talk about the word of God. And uh, I really, really appreciate that. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, hopefully this is a blessing to you today and uh, whenever you listen to it. And it was it was a great honor and privilege to be able to talk to Dalton, to, to go back and forth and hope you learned something today. And the main thing that I really got out of today is, is what is your life? You know, is God in Christ your life or other things? And maybe you need to make that decision today that, you know, I'm going to put off those, those things, those old things. And I, I'm going to live my life in Christ. I'm going to hide in him. I'm going to be secure in him. I'm really going to live after him. So thank you for joining the podcast today. And I hope you have a great day in Jesus.